Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mylan. Through building this podcast, the three of us kind of unintentionally found ourselves in the new role of being entrepreneurs. This role both excites us and makes us extremely nervous because it's so new to us. As we learn to navigate this new world, we had the benefit of learning and reaching out to our amazing friends who have started on this path before us. Continuing on this month's theme of careers and entrepreneurship, we have brought on a guest who has accomplished a lot. She has a background in education and taught media at the college level while starting her own media company, where she produced digital videos on the side. Now, she runs a full-fledged talent company and manages some familiar faces in the Asian American digital world. On top of that, she also created Crop Sticks by Crop Made, a sustainable goods company that was featured on Shark Tank. In addition, this girl started her own YouTube channel with tips for small businesses. She obviously wears so many hats and is so amazingly talented. Please welcome our good friend and powerful female entrepreneur, Mylan Yamamoto Tensinko to the ABG podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for being here with us. All right. So just to start off, can you first share with our listeners a little bit about your background? Where did you grow up and how did you end up in L.A.? Yeah, so I grew up in Hawaii. I was born and raised and my hometown is Aiea. So fun fact, Aiea is the only city that's spelt with all vowels, A-I-E-A. Ooh, oh, and I didn't know that. So I had a really happy childhood. On the weekends, my friends and I we would go to Walls in Waikiki, which is this surfing spot. And my dad worked for the DOE for over 40 years. It's the Department of Education. And my mom worked for HMSA. And, you know, we had a really humble, not really fancy um, lifestyle, but it was really happy and it was full of abundance of aloha and love. Mm. The thing, though, with Hawaii is that you can go around it in like two hours. And for me, I like had this kind of like island fever mentality where I really wanted to just see what else is out there. So left Hawaii at the age of 17, and I went to Chapman University, which is located in Orange County. 
The thing about Chapman, though, like it's such a good school, but it's super expensive. It's like $40,000 a year. And, you know, at the time I was like, Loving it there, going to Disneyland on the weekends and skip class to go to Huntington Beach. And so, the day when my mom called me and she's like, Mylan, we got to pull you out of Chapman. And I was devastated because I love Chapman. Yeah. I, I loved everything about the OC life. But she's like, Mylan, this is really expensive. You have to, we have to pull you out now. And at the time, I was really upset with her. But looking back, like, she saved me from having over six figure loans. Like, mm-hmm. That was the best thing she could have, her and my dad could have ever done for me. So I left Chapman and then after that ended up back at Hawaii, um, University of Hawaii, and then ended up finding a scholarship at Cal State LA. Mm -hmm. So I ended up finishing at Cal State LA and then I got my master's at Cal State LA as well. Wow. Then you've been all over then for your, for your college. Yeah. Which, which, um, which college did you like the most? Um, I like them all in different ways. But I spent the most time at Cal State LA, mm. so I think I think I would just say I'm a true eagle at heart. Mm. And, and what is your master's in? Communication. Ah, I see. Same as Mel, except yeah. Mel was bachelor. Yes, <laughs> same major. Definitely need to master that. Obviously, my you know my grammar isn't the best. Um. <laughs> same here. You know, everyone every time like I tell people, oh, I'm a communication major, then it's like this pressure to be really mm. good at communication, even though I mean. You know, we learned a lot of theories, but right. it's, it's all, all theory about the based. practice. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I totally feel you on that. Um, Mylan, so what was your first job and how did you even get into your first role? My first job ever was working at this crack seed store in Hawaii. That was my high school job. But if we want to talk about my first big girl job, mm-hmm. my first adult job, then um, I would say it was um, I would say it was as a GTA, a graduate teaching associate when I was getting my master's at Cal State LA. So I would be teaching um, communication courses, interpersonal classes. And that was really the trajectory I thought I was going to be headed towards is academia. Mm -hmm. The goal was to get my PhD after my master's and really go into a life of research and and teaching. That was what I had my mindset on. I did not intend to become an entrepreneur. Mm. Wow. Wait, quick, quick question. What is a crack seed? Yes. So people from Hawaii, they're like, oh, yeah, Craxy, I love it. But people who might not be familiar with Craxy is what? She's so Craxy. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, my life didn't know you had that side of you. Okay. <laughs> so Craxy is like fermented plums, um, lime, oh, yes, or like yes. mango. <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And good as I know. think about it, like my mouth is watering because <laughs> uh, it tastes so good. It was called Seed City, and we sold Craxy. It's still there. If you go to Pro Ridge Mall in Hawaii, it's under the, the stairs in front of the Macy's. Oh, sounds good. Cool. I know when Mylan was talking about it, I got excited because my, my, my aunt owns a crack seed shop in Hawaii. Oh, really? Yeah, Which so, one? I don't know. I don't know it has the name crack seed in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back in hindsight, do you feel like maybe your time working there um, helped you develop some skills that translated into now, like your career now? Yeah, absolutely. Because you would have to force yourself to speak to lots of different strangers. And I think I was a pretty, you know, introverted, shy kid. So when you have to help customers and sell your product, it really forces you to get out of that comfort zone and and connect with different customers. Mm. Because I had my boss, Mr. Kim, and at the end of the day, he would be counting how much money we made. And he would tell me, 
like this is how much we made Mylan if you can make a little bit more then you'll get a bonus mm. so that was also incentivizing mm. so it looks like that entrepreneurial spirit was there from a very early age or planted a seed was planted <laughs> yeah I would say so a crack seed yes <laughs> <laughs> You shared how within university and kind of going forward, you were initially thinking that you would go down the teaching path and, and go into, um, was it professorship? Yes, yes. So my, my whole goal was to become a professor. Wow. So then what kind of made you pursue uh, producing? So um, when I was a GTA, when I was a graduate teaching associate, I would invite um, some of our different friends to talk to our students. So some of them was like, David Choi, mm. he came to the class, and Kev Jumba, and they would share, you know, their stories. Now, this is back in 2009 when I was getting my master's degree, also around the time of the recession. And so when I graduated, I was applying to different places. No one was really hiring. So I ended up going to Japan to teach English for another year. And then I ended up back in Hawaii without a job. So when I was back in Hawaii, it was 2011. And, you know, my goal at that time was go back into teaching. I want to become a professor who, which universities will hire me. And at the same time I was job searching, Kev Jumba came to Hawaii along with Justin Chan and they were about to make this movie called Man Up, which you can probably see today. I think it's on Netflix right now. And um, Kev called me up. He's like, Mylon, we're in Hawaii. Let's hang out. So I met up with them and, you know, thankfully during my my time in LA, we knew each other from back then. So when they came to Hawaii, I was like, yeah, I get to show them around my island. Um, He found out that I was, I had all this teaching experience um, from Japan and I didn't have a job. So he's like, oh, Mylan, you're really organized. You can help us make this movie. And I was like, what? I have no producing experience, entertainment, but yeah, I am organized. So let me help you make this movie. And, you know, with the movie, you have to go from location to location to to film your different scenes. And every time we would go to these different locations, I because I was a production coordinator, I got to meet a lot of different um, types of people. And when the movie wrapped, Kev and Justin, they left Hawaii, but I was still in Hawaii. And with all these different connections from the locations, and at the time they knew like, oh, Mylan is the one that's associated with the YouTubers. She she knows the YouTubers. And a lot of these locations, like Fresh Cafe was one of them. I think the YMCA was another location we filmed at. They're like, Mylan, can you help us with our social media? Can you help us do some videos for our businesses? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I just made a movie. I can totally help you with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was the first time I started getting clients and Mm. out of just keeping everything legal, I formed my first LLC and started helping local companies in Hawaii make make their digital presence known. Wow. And this was back in 2009, you mentioned? This is now 2011. Okay. Okay. Which is still pretty early in terms of just like YouTube and was it early? Actually, no, I guess like Wang Fu started around 2005 five or so right so it's like oh they're like the OG. Yeah, 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 yeah they're the godfather <laughs> still yeah. like fairly early for hawaii it was very new mm. Mm. i was gonna say 2009 was definitely like the golden era i would say like it was like the mm. it was that's when i was graduating high school and i remember youtube like asian american youtubers were like a huge like that was a prime time mm-hmm. well let's take a, a step back really quickly how did you meet like david Choi and kev jumba and justin chan how did you meet them when you were in la when i was in la what did i do i stalked them <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes no, out um, 
<laughs> I was such a fan. I'm still fans of all of them. Yeah. I was working at a music college the same time I was getting my graduate degree. And so I would invite them to come speak mm. to the students, whether it was at the music college or in my class at Cal State LA. And through, through that, I mean, you know, I was like, this is for the students. It's going to be great. And I mean, I just wanted their autograph. <laughs> Let's just be real. Um, and, you know, luckily we got to meet each other. We stayed friends through that. So that was back in 2011. When did you then start Click Now? It seems like these were the foundational, the seeds that you're planting to just start start Click Now, which I think you started a little more recently than that than 2011, right? Yeah. Well, 2011 definitely was the foundation. It it started out as a production type of company, and then uh, one of the locations we filmed at was Fresh Cafe, and they had this little warehouse in the back of the cafe. So I, I would bring out. David Choi to go and perform. So those of you listening that don't know David Choi, he's this amazing, talented musician, singer-songwriter. He now has an app called Taco. So go mm-hmm. check that out. T-A-K-K-O. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I would bring him out to um, perform for um, the the youth of Hawaii, where we were all fans. Mm-hmm. And what Click Now is today is we do talent management for different artists, um, Typically, a lot of our artists have millions of followers or more. Not to say that we don't represent folks that start with zero, because we actually did represent some talent that started at zero, and now they have millions of followers. But um, a lot of the work that we do is brand deals. So we manage and um, pitch different brands to work with talent. We package TV shows and pitch them out to studios. We help with event booking. But going back to Hawaii in 2011, 2012. Um, yeah, it started out as as concerts. And then I realized like, okay, producing a concert is not cheap. So that I would pitch the local businesses around like, hey, do you want to attach your brand to this show that we're doing? And they're like, sure, you know, let's, I, I would show them photos of all the all the different um, folks that would come, like hundreds of folks that would show up to these shows that was exactly their demographic. And this is before YouTube analytics. So I couldn't just pull up analytics and be like, hey, this is who you're going to reach. I would show pictures of the audience members. I got a lot more yeses than no's, which I realize isn't normal when you're an entrepreneur. You, you tend to get a lot more no's than yeses. And I've experienced that side of entrepreneurship too. But yeah, back then, I think it was the timing. I think Hawaii and not just Hawaii, like America was figuring out how powerful YouTube was and also on the business side as well. So it was really easy to merge branding opportunities, marketing opportunities with the talent that was coming out to Hawaii. And I realized that if I really want to pursue this as a business even further, I had to go back to LA. Mm -hmm. And I, because I went, I did my schooling out there, like I felt comfortable being in the LA environment and as much as I love Hawaii like I'm a Hawaii girl at heart if you want me to bust out my pigeon I totally can do that but I I knew that I needed to grow this business further so when the opportunity came where Cal State LA called me and they're like hey man we're hiring professors or I should say lecturers right now um are you available I was like I felt like that was my opportunity to go back to LA and really teach some classes and grow my business at the same time so that was wow. then 2013. 
So you did both then at the same time. So uh, I guess the early ages of Click Now was just a side passion project while you were, were you full-time teaching or, or part-time? I was full-time teaching. So wow. I started out teaching about four classes. And then I would say maybe like every couple of quarters, I would like go a class so that I could focus more on growing Click Now. That's so crazy. I feel like Mylan, you're like the like queen of juggling a lot of things. I think when I first met Mylan, she was teaching and like produ- we we're producing together, and I was like, "Well, this is insane! How this like woman could do all these things." Yeah. And then a few years, a few years down the line, all of a sudden we hear Mylan starting um, product called Crop Sticks, and I'm like, "Whoa! Where did this come from? Like totally different. Um, that's not in media." <laughs> so Mylan, like, when did you start Crop Sticks, and like, what prompted you to try a different industry that's not digital media? So, like I said,、uh, I mean, just like Click Now and now Crop Sticks. I didn't go into the intention of like, okay, I'm gonna build this business. It's gonna be this huge thing. It really happened organically, and and I did have intention behind it because when you have an idea and you just really feel excited about it and you can't stop thinking about it, like that was the inertia to go after it. So with Cropsticks, I was at Loyola Marymount at the time, now teaching there full time and also running Click Now full time. Now when Crop sticks came about. This was 2015. It was April 2015. I was on a flight to Singapore, maybe for an event that we were doing now, <laughs> and、um, my chopsticks just kept rolling off of the tray table on that really long flight. And I thought to myself, okay, there there has to be a better way to like keep my chopsticks in place. And I was really bored on that flight. I had no Wi-Fi, so instead of snapping your chopsticks vertically, I thought, why not snap them horizontally? And so, snapping them horizontally, you end up with that rest with your chopsticks, and that was the idea to crop sticks. So this is April 2015. It was just an idea that was brewing. When I got back to Loyola Marymount, I would tell all my colleagues, I was like, "Hey, I have this idea. What do you think?" And because I was teaching in the entrepreneurship department at the time, my colleagues were just so supportive. They're like, "Mylan, you should start a Kickstarter." And then I started talking to a lot of our friends in the community. Share, excuse me. I would share the idea with the Fung Bros and a lot of different folks that we work with, David Choi and Chris Din and all those guys. And they were like, "That's really cool, Mylan. I think you should pursue it." And I was like, "Okay, I, I'm really excited about this idea." I would have our students at Loyola Marymount go and test the market. So they would go out with these little surveys, and they would. They would ask people for extra credit. Do you like this product or not? If the results came back negative, that people didn't like the product, Crop Six would not have been made. But since the market was saying that they really did like the product, I think the survey results came back like over eighty five percent that they liked、mm. it. I was like, okay, I think I really have something here.、Um, that's a piece of advice for listeners. If you have an idea that that you're excited about, like you may be excited about. But you have to make sure there's a product market fit. You have to go out there and see if the market really wants to purchase what you're trying to sell. And so, because I had that teaching academia background, I, because I had the colleagues to tell me, and I knew that I had to go and find product market fit. How did you create the prototype for it? Because it's not like you can just take a piece of wood and whittle it down and then add a little piece to it. You know,、like yeah. how, did, how did you actually manufacture the first sample? So I had I did not have a product manufacturing background, but again, being around、um, innovators at LMU, I discovered three D printing, and so three D printing was、uh, we we drew up a CAD and I got that printed out, and and that was our first. 
prototype was off of a 3D printed machine. And that is what I used to test the market with. In episode 78, Finding Hope, we talk about how we're looking for light during these difficult times. One way that has helped us reframe our outlook on life is to seek professional help. Talk therapy is one method of self-care that the three of us highly recommend, which is why we're partnering with BetterHelp, an online counseling service available to our listeners worldwide. Ever since I heard about BetterHelp, my sessions with my counselors quickly became something I look forward to every week. My appointments has helped me find positivity during times that felt really low, and I love the self-care activities she suggested to help better understand myself. Personally, I work the best with video, but you can select a counselor who does messaging or phone calls. You can also change counselors at any time. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com ABG10. That's Better H-E-L-P, and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. They have a special offer just for ABG listeners where you can get 10% off your first month. Try it out at BetterHelp.com ABG10. I remember when I first traveled to Japan, I encountered my first bidet, and it was an experience. I loved it. For years, bidets have been available, but so expensive, costing thousands of dollars. But now, the Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment is here to demarketize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes to everyone. Hello Tushy cleans your butt with the precise stream of fresh fodder for just $79. It attaches to your existing toilet, it requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper usage by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. Ditch paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing, cleansing stream of water from a Hello Tushy bidet attachment. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com abg to get 10% off. This is a special offer for our listeners. Go to hellotushy.com abg for 10% off. hellotushy.com abg. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So it sounds like now we have your teaching, you are running Click Now, and you're also now working with this brand new product, Crop Sticks. Fast forward to today, and currently, what are the businesses that you're running, and how do you manage them all? So now I'm now managing Crop Sticks and Click Now. I had to leave behind the full-time teaching because it just wasn't manageable at a certain point. I just couldn't, it just wasn't, it just was not sustainable. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky enough that I was able to to save up and make sure that Click Now was producing enough revenue 
so that I could leave academia and do click now and then also um, grow crop sticks because I think that's something where entrepreneurs they get so excited that they just jump from their full-time position into this this new uncharted waters and that's why I, I love the message that ABG shares is that a lot of you, you jumped into entrepreneurship, but you know, you really plan for that. It's not something that you woke up one morning, you're like, all right, I'm leaving my job, screw it mm-hmm. all, and I'm going to do this. You really thought it out. I know, Helen, we had conversations about it too, and and now you're doing it. So those of you that are listening, I, I just think like, yeah, if you can plan it out to leave into a smooth transition, then it'll be so much less stressful when you're pursuing your your new endeavors. I was wondering actually uh, from, so you, you mentioned that it just became not sustainable. Um, was it very easy for you to pick, to select kind of teaching as a thing to let go? Um, yes and no. Yes, because I knew that there there was an opportunity to go and pursue this. And if I ever wanted to go and teach again, that, that window wasn't closed, mm. right? I could go back and teach. Mm. But I knew like, pursuing crop sticks or and also doing talent management this is something that there there's product market fit right now I need to go in there and dedicate the time mm-hmm. and also it wasn't easy because I really love teaching like this is I love walking into the classroom and helping my students like I love it so much that I actually do teach one class at UCLA extension oh. um, it's like my yoga to to teach and yeah I, I teach one class it's you know, it doesn't require a lot of time, but um, that's how much I love teaching. So uh, at the time, yeah, I, I knew I had to leave it in order to do both businesses. Wow. That honestly sounds like my worst fear. <laughs> teaching? <laughs> like, st- yeah, standing in front. Because, well, I guess, do you ever feel imposter syndrome or do you ever feel like, you know, if, if there's like a, a student that is just like a smart ass and you got to like deal with, have you ever had to deal with someone like that? Like, how do you handle those situations? Oh, the smart ass students. I love, yeah, definitely had those smart ass students. Um, and I think a lot of times they, they want to be heard. So I just let them talk mm. and then turn mm. it back into like a conversation. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. You know, moderate that. But yeah, I totally have imposter syndrome too sometimes. I, I remember I had this one student where I started talking, I think I was like 22 and I was uh, the, my GTA and I was talking about retirement benefits and I kind of just learned the concept like a week before and I was like, all right, everyone, let's talk about retirement. And, you know, just kind of talking through what I just learned the week before. And then I had this older student who was in banking and they're like, you're saying it wrong. And like totally corrected me in the whole class. And I was just like, oh, oh well, yeah. go ahead. Share share what you know. What a Ooh, dick. That, I, I'm even like smart <laughs> just from hearing that. That sounds super yeah. intense. Every time you say GTA also, I think about Grand Theft Auto. I know. Same, same, same. Badass. <laughs> Um, I did want to go back a little bit and just ask, I mean, like you being on Shark Tank is crazy incredible. I think a lot of people fantasize or dream even just getting the opportunity to be on that show. I wanted to ask you quickly, what was that process like and how was it like to be on the show? Oh, absolutely. So Shark Tank was a blessing in disguise because April 2015 was when the idea came. We did a Kickstarter in 2016. And then between 2016 to the time that 
we aired on Shark Tank, which was April 2017, that's when the product was finally ready to launch. So we literally launched when the Shark Tank episode aired. So to have two and two, it was like free marketing. Yeah, it was like a Super Bowl commercial. And the the process leading up into Shark Tank was intense. I'm not going to lie. Like if anybody wants to go into Shark Tank, you have to like just mentally prepare for putting a lot of energy into your application and talking to casting, to producers, to the executive producers, and then just doing a lot of waiting because that's a, really what we did is like we would create our application, um, which by the way is like a handwritten 50-page application. You have to fill it out, submit it. Um, and then prior to that, I got lucky because I met the casting directors at a at a conference. It was the Inc. Grow Co. conference. And then after that, yeah, you fill out the application. Then you go through like a phone interview and then you do more like a video interview. And then after that, you you go on to set and you have to pitch the executive producer. So they're sitting, there's five of them sitting there just judging you and analyzing your every move. And by that point, you you literally invested probably like thousands of dollars into your props because on Shark Tank, you have to pay for your own set. That's a thing on Shark oh, Tank. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And you don't even get the guarantee that you're going to air. Mm. Oh. So you just have to, you know, mentally prepare for the waiting and the energy to to put into your pitch. Um, at, at the end of the day, though, it was, it was all worth it. It was... Um, we did not get a deal for <laughs> those of you that want to see the episode. It's um, season eight, episode 20. I think you can see it on Hulu. Mm. And we did not get a deal at the time. I was I was very devastated. I so wanted a deal because oh. we needed that $75,000 yeah. to turn Crop 6 into, um, into an actual product. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to the waiting time, we filmed in September, so this is September 2016, two weeks after my wedding, by the way, so that was pretty stressful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah, we had to cut our honeymoon short to, to film on Shark Tank, but it's okay. Again, all <laughs> worth it, guys. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, between September, it was just a prototype when we pitched, and for those reasons, Mark Cuban was out. So you didn't have any sales when you pitched? I had zero sales. Oh my goodness. I, I, I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I wasn't ready for, like, in retrospect, I was like, wow, we really just went in there with a flimsy ass prototype that we made in our bedroom the night, like, we made in our bedroom. We, like, sanded it down. But I saw Shark Tank as an opportunity and decided to go on no matter what. Um, we did want to have a deal at the time. Uh, we were asking for $75,000 in exchange for 12.5%. So when we walked away with no deal, it was very devastating. Mm-hmm. We needed that money to turn it into a physical product and purchase inventory. But fast forward to today, you know, we walked out. I remember crying in the trailer. And after that, yeah, 30 minutes later, I was like, okay, oh. Ron, we got to go back to our business and just keep moving on because. That's what you do mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. You get kicked down and you get rejected too, but you got to get back up and you got to get back into it. So 
Today, we're in over 250 different restaurants. We're in Disneyland, we're on Hawaiian Airlines, we're in the Four Seasons. I just closed a contract, a national contract, to be in over 267 stores. Ooh. I can't say exactly which one it is yet, but it's going to happen early next year. And I'm so excited that people all over the country can now just walk into their local XYZ and get their crop sticks. So I'll make that announcement um, early next year. That is amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Do you think like Barbara and Lori and all of them, they're like regretful (laughs) of not giving you that chance? You know, I hope one day they walk in or they sit down and they have a fancy meal at the Four Seas and they're like, oh, there's a crop stick. I remember that girl. We told her no, we're out. But she seems to be doing okay. I should give her a call. That's awesome. That's like the best like... Mm, like hair flip moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Mylan, I feel like, you know, you have gone through so much as an entrepreneur and I would love to hear like, what is your biggest lesson you took away from, you know, stepping into this role? The biggest lesson I think is learning to be flexible because when you're an entrepreneur, you do have to be in charge of a lot of different stakeholders from your vendors and your suppliers, your, your investors and your team. And also your customers. Oh, and the government too. So just mm-hmm. managing all of these different entities, it's it's as if mm-hmm. if you have a problem that arises and you put all of your energy into that one specific problem to the point where you want it to be perfect, it does distract. And you have to realize that you have a lot of other things that need to get taken care of too in your business. So the thing that tends to help me is to be flexible. You know, if that problem can't get solved tonight or in that same day. Just try and take a step back and work on the other things that your business also needs your attention of and keep looking for solutions because eventually you'll you'll find something or realize like, okay, maybe that project isn't meant to be. So for example, I'm dealing with a situation where pre-COVID we ordered containers which consisted of millions of units of unwrapped straws so we have this new product on the market it's a bamboo plant fiber straw and it's amazing because it doesn't get soggy like your paper straws but the thing is with pre-covid they were all unwrapped and now um, everything everybody wants things sanitized everything everybody wants their things wrapped and that's totally understandable so now my problem that i'm looking for a solution now is to really find a way to wrap these millions of straws it keeps me Mm. up at night but i know before like i can't just like dwell on that because there's so many other things that also need attention you've shared so many uh, of the different unique challenges you've experienced as an entrepreneur do you feel that you have experienced additional unique challenges being an asian female business owner I definitely experience challenges as a business owner. Like every single day, there's there's something to this trade war that we're having with China because some of our products are out of China to mm. things like, all right, you know, because our customers are hotels, airlines, and restaurants, literally all the ones that had to shut down because of COVID, how do we keep our business afloat? How do we pivot so that we, we service a different customer segment? Um, but I also find that being an Asian woman business owner, that Asian woman part empowers me because I get to represent Asian talent in my day-to-day career. And I also represent a chopstick, which is an Asian product. So for me to be an Asian woman, I feel like I can speak to these segments authentically and it makes me very proud to do that. So for me to be an Asian woman business owner, I think it's more empowering than it is challenging. That's for me personally. 
Ooh, I, I think I got shivers hearing that answer. I'm like, yes, girl, we Asian business owners too. Let's go. That's right. Well, I think in line with this month's theme of entrepreneurship and careers, we do get a lot of questions from our listeners who are disgruntled with their work that they're currently doing. And frequently we get questions asking us for advice on how to transition, which is a very scary thing. What is a piece of advice that you could give to those who are just starting off as entrepreneurs? If you're starting out as an entrepreneur and you have this idea that's with you and you think about it every single day, I really love this quote by Winston Churchill and it's to don't give up on something you think about every single day to that extent. Mm. So if you're thinking about it every single day, find that avenue to execute on your idea. Now, going backwards in this in our podcast, you don't want to just go out there and balls to the wall execute on your idea. You want to do it strategically. You want to make sure that there's a product market fit because if your idea is something you're excited about, how do you know that the market is also excited too? So the way you do that is simply get onto Google Forms, create a survey. You can have a question like, do you like this product? Yes or no. Second question, how much would you pay for this product? And share it with your community, share it with your trusted friends and advisors, your family members, and you'll get a segment of answers back. And also share it with people you don't even know. Share it in a community forum where you don't know anybody in that community and say, hey, I have this survey I'd love you to take. Um, some of my favorite communities that I'm a part of are like um, Trends. Uh, Asian Hustle Network is another great one. So share your survey and get your feedback to see if people actually like your idea. And if they like your idea, then you have a green light to pursue your idea even further. Myla, these are actually really great tangible um, action items that our listeners can actually do. So thank you for sharing that. Um, right now, I know you're um, currently you know, running ClickNow and CropMade. Um, are there any exciting um, things going on with your current businesses that you want to share? Yeah, so on the ClickNow side of things, I am just so excited for all the talent that is doing well. Um, because when they're doing well, we're doing well. Um, they are doing a lot of different brand deals. Um, production, you know, has really kind of taken a backseat because of COVID. So instead of really um, going and doing physical production, we're doing a lot of development ideas. So that's exciting. I can't really say too much, but as far as the brand deals go, I think it's a blessing to be a digital talent at this time because you can still create and you can still, like ABG, you can create your podcast you can socially distance when you're a digital creator and still get your brand deals. I mean, it's not easy. I don't want to say that it's like the easiest thing out there, but, you know, we we can still get it done as digital creators. And on the crop made side of things, I am just so happy that our customers are starting to reorder because I got to say like April and May, we went from on this really growth projection for 2020 and then overnight it was like zero sales so oh, april wow. and may was just a scary time i think anybody in restaurants and hotels like they can relate to that um but it's nice to see that restaurants are coming back and doing either like a strategic takeout situation because we're getting a lot more orders like our old customers are coming back and reordering which tells us that they're starting to do well again and then as far as the new projects that are going, we've gone on a slight pivot where instead of selling directly to our restaurants and hotels, we are now selling to different brands. 
It's wonderful. It sounds like there's a lot of um, really exciting stuff going on in both of your businesses. What are kind of your immediate goals for both in the coming year? So our goals in the next year and, you know, pre-COVID, it was like very clear what they were. And I think post-COVID, I like the episode you had last week is just kind of like, okay, things are fine. And we just got to kind of take it day by day, you know, with our team to like, just make sure we have a vision that we can go towards. It's to make sure that one, our current customers are, are happy and that we're supporting them as best we can. And this goes for both crop sticks and click now side of things is to make sure that these, that our clients get the products that they need, whether it's going to be a brand deal or whether it's going to be uh, a wrapped straw and deliver it in a way that uh, we get it to them in time. So I think like as we need to pivot, we will, and we will test out different pivots to make sure that each one works. But to, to have like a very set thing that's going to happen in 2021, I'm almost too afraid to say mm-hmm. because, yeah, a lot of just the plans that I had for 2020 went out the window. So mm-hmm. again, going back to the be fluid and flow with it, I think that's kind of, I think that maybe that's the goal is be fluid. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that used to bother me so much about working in a corporate setting was the business attire. The material often wouldn't fit right, and it would annoy me to no end. Though I never thought to invest in shapewear at the time, I can see how it would have been a good option. Shapewear from Shapermint gives you a polished look and long-lasting comfort. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, and more. Shapewear for every occasion. We each got the everyday high-waisted shaper shorts, great for the summertime, and the high-waisted leggings. Unlike the leading brands, shapewear from Shaper Mint is super affordable. In fact, it's almost half the price of competitors. And if you aren't in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange or return it within 60 days, no questions asked. In addition to the everyday discounts and promos Shapermint has on their website, we have a deal just for our listeners that will save you an extra 10% off your order. But you must go to shapermint.com slash ABG and use our code ABG. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash ABG. Code ABG to get this exclusive listener at a discount of an extra 10% off your order. Shapermint.com slash ABG. Code ABG. A lot of our listeners are thinking about the next step in their careers and their relationships. But what about planning for a baby? I know I spent most of my early career years wanting the idea of a family, but not getting specific about the planning details. Nowadays, women are having children later in life, and we need tools to understand the future of our fertility. Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. With Modern Fertility, you get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. The results go in-depth into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com ABG. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com ABG. modernfertility.com ABG. Miley, what's your Enneagram? Do you know your Enneagram? Yeah, I'm a 3W2. I thought you'd be a 3. Yes. 
She's the me. She's me. She's three W two. Oh, you're you're a three Mel. I'm a th- me and Helen are both threes, and my second one is two. Yay! <laughs> my wing is a two, but my what's your second highest score? My second highest score was a was it a nine, seven or nine? Oh, I forget. I thought it was a one, right? Because Helen and I share. Yeah. That was one. Because we oh, both have the same. Our second are the same. You're right. Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a. I think I'm a one two. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. I feel like thinking wise and everything, I could feel like very similar values and things like that, like how you process. I feel very connected to your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. I feel very comfortable and also feel valued, which is another (laughs) characteristic of the three. So I want you all to know that I think you guys are all amazing. I think you're amazing. We think you're amazing for sure. Words of affirmation? You're speaking yeah. the language, girl. <laughs> I am a words of affirmation as well. And a same, same. INTJ. Oh, oh I am, I, uh, I'm INFJ, <laughs> INTJ. I test back and forth. Yeah. Whoa. So you were like a combination of all three of us. Three of us. <laughs> amazing. Whoa. Amazing. True Asian boss girl right here. That's crazy because then I look at Mylan, I'm like, oh wow, if you were to, if you were to, like morph all three, I was like, okay, I'd be, I'd be happy with the Mylan. Like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, what a compliment. <laughs> Well, Mylan, where can our listeners find you and learn more about your projects? Sure. So if you're interested in purchasing a crop stick, you can go to www.cropstick.co. They are the coolest chopsticks out there. You get a built-in rest with it. And um, if you're interested in learning more uh, small business tips, I do have a channel. It's called Millennial Tips for Small Business, spelled M-Y-L-E-N-N-I-A-L tips for small business check it out also crop sticks are made from sustainable grade a bamboo and recycled paper wow yes mm. good for the environment yes. thank you so much to mylan for joining us on today's episode and shedding some knowledge on your entrepreneur journey with our listeners thanks for having me we have some partnerships that we are happy to share with you all like ritual vitamin modern fertility and shaper mint look for links and codes in our show notes and for more partnership discounts head to our website you can find us on all the podcasting platforms we are asian boss girl follow us on spotify subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review and if you'd like to support us through monthly donations you can do so at anchor.fm slash asian boss girl slash support we're also very active on social. Our handle is at Asian Boss Girl. So if you resonate with today's episode and guest, screencap the podcast, tag us, and we can reshare on our IG story. Uh, wait, Mylan, what's your Instagram? So we know to tag you too. Instagram is Millennial, M-Y-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. <laughs> you heard her, folks. Also tag Millennial. My Millennial. You can also find us on YouTube where we have started posting some videos. So subscribe at Asian Boss Girl. And if you haven't heard already, we did launch um, additional merch to our new store at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. So go check it out. Thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And thank you again so, so much, Mylin, for joining us today. Catch you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.